Hello and welcome. I'm Adrienne Barbeau, actress, author, and star of Escape from New York, Two Evil Eyes, and Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. And this is She Kills, a Shudder original podcast where we sit down and discuss all of the things we love about the genre that has given women some of the most iconic roles in film history. Mental health is still, unfairly, being used as the scariest monster of them all. On screen, women have been victims of gaslighting since long before Rosemary's Baby. And as we saw embodied so terrifyingly by Toni Collette in Hereditary, this subgenre is, to this day, starkly accurate in presenting society's view of women who speak up in self-defense, perpetuating the enduring perception of the hysterical woman. As our guests point out, this is probably why women relate to these films so much. Rotten Tomatoes senior editor Gray Drake is joined by the fearless actress, author, and producer Ileana Douglas, who knows a thing or two about speaking out and being unfairly branded for doing so. They discussed everything from the crazy bitch trope to unlocking psychic abilities. This is a fun one. I'm Gray Drake. I'm the senior editor of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Ileana Douglas. I'm an actress, a writer, producer, a director, and sometimes host for Turner Classic Movies. And a hypnotist. <laughs> I can self-hypnotize. This episode, we're talking about the crazy bitch trope, what makes a good horror flick, and their first horror experiences that sparked a love of the genre. Uh, I remember this very distinctly. My dad used to sleep on the couch downstairs, and I remember waking up and walking into the living room. We had black and white television, and I literally walked in, and it was Phantom of the Opera, the second Phantom of the Opera with Lon Chaney, so actually Ooh. years later I would have discovered that is color. But I literally walked in at the moment, uh. where he pulled the mask off. That's when I walked in and I saw that oh, and I started God. screaming. <laughs> and for years afterwards, that was my boogeyman. But I remember that. Then I remember that my brothers, my older brothers, I obviously didn't see the movie, but we were like the drive-in generation. I saw a lot of horror movies. They called him Dusk Till Dawn. I wrote about this in my book. I, you know, You'd, you'd wake up and see a part of a horror movie and then wake up and see another horror, horror movie. My brothers saw the movie Mark of the Devil, which was famous. You even got the little throw-up bag. They had the, for years, they awesome. kept it. It's probably in our attic. But I, I couldn't go. I was so bummed. I couldn't, I couldn't go to see that one. But I remember being in the drive-in and the one of the most disgusting and I've never been able to see it since and I've since found out it's David Cronenberg Ooh. and basically what I remember was it seems a girl taking a bath which is always hard, always, always yeah. vulnerable and horrible but she's in the tub and the thing like comes up her and grabs her and, and the idea of, of which was a little over my head I didn't quite understand but somehow this weird jelly like substance gets in you and it makes you want to have sex with everybody right 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 yeah 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 and, they, and all the people lived in a an apartment complex that had like all the shopping and it was very like futuristic and yes. it was it and it was the ending of that movie is so terrifying on this island in this building through this door down this hallway 
lies the most frightening experience of your life. Prepare yourself for they came from within if you think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily. What are they? Raging demons that must be exercised. Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed. Or incarnations of absolute evil. They came from within. They possess men, women, and children and drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. No one is safe from them. No power on earth can stop them. The only escape is death. They came from within. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick, rated R. Okay, see, I like I don't even remember. Oh I God. just remember again, like being in the, the drive-in drive and waking up and you see like pieces of these things. Right, right. Well, and, and that was pretty horrible. That's one of his that's a th- I think that's one of his best movies. Out of a great filmography, I think. And like I will never forget that ending. My college boyfriend showed me that movie and I remember I thought differently of him when we were done cuz I was like, god damn. That is a scary And I've never movie. been able to see it. And you know, we didn't have like I didn't have the internet. So all I had for years was like this couple of images. Mhm. And I remember Ugh. when I was when I was dating Martin Scorsese. That was one of the high, one of the best things about our well, one oh, of the many God. great things. You could give him three frames of. You're like, there's a movie, <laughs> a glass of milk, oh, James Mason, here's the light. And I, you know, and I was like, thank you. I can now sleep at night. I don't know what that is, but I remember saying to him, "Gosh, this movie I saw." I go, "All I remember." Girl in tub, and he goes, "David Cronenberg, he right. came from within." So it ah. turns out I had actually worked. With David Cronenberg in To Die For, and I had not known that he made this horrifying, scary movie, and that stayed with me for years. You just blew my mind. He did To Die For? Yeah, he was in... David Cronenberg was the hitman that our family hires to oh kill Nicole Kidman. I think that's There's a little of, cameo there. I did not even know. Oh, yeah? I did not even know that he was... In, thank God he didn't direct it, because I was like, I would feel like less of a person yeah. if he had directed it, and I didn't <laughs> know that. Is it... I feel like the minute that you, like, bring up any movie with Martin Scorsese, though, then he's going to talk about it for, like, 45 minutes. Is that well, true? To a certain extent, I mean, you get into deep cuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of the... One of my, you know, the high, like, I remember, you know, a highlight of a conversation would be he and Brian De Palma arguing about Vista Vision versus, <laughs> you know, Technica. So it's so deep cuts. It's, you know, wow. the robe versus, uh, you know, Empire, you know, it, it, like, so it's, it's really deep cuts with him. I think that what's interesting is that we, in horror movies, like, we've spent so many years stigmatizing, you know, mental illness in general because that's the scariest thing you can be is, like, a crazy person. It's like, but that statistically, the it, it points to the exact opposite thing that, you know, you don't – it's it's not people that are, are – that need help in that way that are causing a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. They're often the ones that are taken advantage of by the – quote, non-crazy people, but our horror movies tell us the exact opposite. Well, I think it goes back to the roots. You know, like, I was always fascinated by the story. Uh, Cary Grant's uh, mother was, you know, one day he comes home and 
his father tells him his mother has left them and he's gone she's gone to this resort and then a couple of years later you know he says she's dead and of course in the 1950s he found his mother was you know living in an insane asylum and the the father had committed the mother because he wanted to get remarried and uh. so so she was committed basically just on his word right and they didn't, was, they didn't follow up. They didn't. They're a goddamn hospital, and they didn't think to do like a, an actual study and solve a like I think solve in a those case. days again. You know, with with women, like to me, that's why this seeped into the films. Is that it was probably a real fear if you weren't married or didn't you know do the right thing. Your husband was going to have you committed. And again, a wow. movie that I love is called Bedlam. That's one of these uh, Val Luton films, and it's about this uh, woman who's a courtesan, and she hmm. you know d- decides to turn over a new leaf, and they and they commit her. And then once she's huh. in this insane asylum, she goes against uh, Boris Karloff, and she tries. So they get that she gets all the people in the asylum to kind of rise up <gasps> against him, and she's like the Norma Ray of the insane of asylum. the insane asylum. I love this, and because she decides, that, well, okay, well, if they, if I can't get out of here, if they've said I'm insane, I may as well, you know, do something good. And it's got interesting religious overtones, but again, that's. I feel like th- this was an idea that, like, this is something that could really happen to you. And so women being called crazy, like, you know, Rosemary's Baby, all these. It's like, you did what are you, it was just a party. There was a, they're like, <gasps> We're just are, hanging out nude. These scratches on me. Well, what, I, you oh, know? so the baby has glowing eyes. What's your problem? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe it was a trick of the light. And I find that, I mean, Rosemary's Baby, like, again, when we're talking about scary movies, I, when it has that threat of believability you know yeah. and again what what i i think that ralph bellamy's character dr saperstein you know when he comes in and she thinks she's been saved by you know charles groden's character and she mm-hmm. take finally takes a nap and then they all come in and they're all there and they cart her off again yeah i feel that it, maybe it's just me but i feel like that all women really have that fear of like if i don't Say the right things and perform in the right way. Yeah, Doctor Saperstein and a group of <laughs> people are gonna just cart me away. You know. Right. Yeah, I can't like mention that my baby is what like what's wrong with his eyes. I can't say stuff like that because right. it's gonna only end badly for me. I think that makes sense. I. It's interesting because I I think that the this conversation that we have been having, you know, in the recent past, this mm-hmm. super necessary one, has really changed the way that. I think about this stuff because I never really thought about how I, I how that applies to me. Mm-hmm. I always thought like, no, I've, I've I've been very fortunate to have pretty positive experiences across the board. Mm-hmm. And so when I watch a horror movie like this, I'm always like, boy, that's scary because that seems like someone else's life, right? You know. But then I realize now that this mirror that I hold up is sort of different. Mm-hmm. That I think. Oh no, I am affected by that. Mm-hmm. I do I do temper the way that I speak. I have learned that and the scariest part is that I didn't even know that I learned it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that it was how I walked through life. Right. It's like, oof. Yeah. You know? Certain movies seem to hold up. Again, like that's why I think a movie like The Shining always works because that we believe. I think we we we'll always believe that the normal person can snap. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that that always sort of works in movies, and I do think the paranoia 
thing, like we've said before, you're isolated, you're picked on, you're put in an insane asylum or nobody believes you, always it's going to work, you know, because that, I feel like that could happen now. <laughs> like yeah. you could walk out and somebody could go get in the car. And, and I like there, that feels real. Like I feel like I'm right. in a horror movie every day. It's, it's even, <laughs> it's like also the crazy people among us trope. You know, uh-huh. like the ones that haven't been oh, captured yet. Definitely, because like, you know we live in Los Angeles, so <laughs> we. Well, I just feel like that's the world that we're. It is, you know, like again when we used to say, "Oh, network," and now it's real. And I right. feel like again, oh, invasion yeah, yeah, yeah. body snatchers is pretty much now potentially has that real quality where you don't know the person living next door to you and mm-hmm. whether they're good or bad or. And so I think about like something like Split. That uh, where James McAvoy, like, you know, kidnaps mm-hmm. these girls when they're in their car. And so it's like, oh, that's a whole thing because they're these teens. And they're like, oh, geez. And then he takes them to this bunker. And so he has disassociative identity disorder. Right. And they, j- uh, you know, admittedly, I really enjoyed watching the movie. But then looking at it through this lens, I was like, that is actually super damaging mm-hmm. to people that suffer from that disorder mm-hmm. who have never kidnapped anyone. Right. So <laughs> I, it's I, and that's why I, I, I appreciate these challenging times that we're going through because I'm, I'm seeing these things and I feel like, duh, I didn't see that before. Right. Like if this is a problem that we portray people like this and that we feed on this fear that we have. You know, to me, the real world is so much scarier than the movie world right now. It's it's incomprehensible. That's the thing. You know, I and when asked the question, what's the scariest movie you can think of? I'm like, oh, like anything Michael Moore has done, <laughs> you know, like all, all of these. The I, I wonder how we're going to see horror change from here on out right now that we are, I, I, I hope, prioritizing things like, you know, giving voices to anyone who previously hadn't had a voice. Like, basically just anyone except white dudes. Right. I, th- I think it's one of my, that's one of the things that scares me the most when it's just a really negative interaction between two people when one of them is labeled nuts, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, so in the in our notes, I was like, oh, my God, Play Misty for Me mm-hmm. is a really scary movie yeah and it's that i'm i what if we remade that today like what would it look like you know because it's so it's certainly one-sided and this character is very troubled and then and it's like oh poor clint eastwood are we would we feel that way now like would we remake it that same way i don't think so at all i love all my references are so 20 years off here guys but uh <laughs> the stafford wives because uh-huh. you know she yeah. fights back yep and she, you know, she one-ups them. So that's an example of, again, like, no, you're imagining it. This is just a beautiful community. <laughs> and, you know, her best friend is turned into a robot. You know, everybody is turned, and, and she overcomes it. So it's like she finds the strength she didn't know she had. That, those, that to me, are is my favorite kind of a horror movie. Another movie that I really like is called Bunny Lake is Missing. It's a British yes. horror movie. Yes. And again, this that one's terrifying because it's about a mom who drops her 
daughter off at school, and mm-hmm. then the daughter disappears, and it turns out her kind of semi-incestuous brother is the one who's responsible for taking her and is probably going to kill her. And so, again, it's she's been trained by him to think that she's weak, that she's not, you know, capable of anything. So, again, in the movie, she has to find her own strength and reserve to end up killing her own brother. And so in order to get her child back. Right. So, well, and it's interesting that I, I can't think of any examples of which, well, I can't think of many examples of uh, in which a, a, a person that has a, a certain kind of mental illness or any kind of challenge is the one that sort of has to find the strength. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know? even with Shelley Duvall in The Shining a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she, you kind of think like she's pretty much an abused wife, right? That's true. Well, but you know, it's the always more you the, see the movie, the more you Jesus, from the very way. beginning. You know, first you because I think when it first came out, we all loved Jack Nicholson so much. Yeah, it's fun that it came as a total shock. But now, as I see the movies grown up, I'm like. This guy's mm. abusive. Right. He He's hates horrible. that kid. Mm-hmm. Like, he hates being married. He blames her for everything that ever went wrong in his life. And he, and the, <laughs> it, it really made me watch it differently. One time, my dad, he goes, He's like, Gray, do you think that Jack Nicholson went crazy or started crazy? <laughs> yeah. And I was I, like, he's, Shut your mouth. That yeah. is terrifying. Like, no, he is, started crazy. Of course he did. Yeah, the, 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 the Shining was just a key exactly. to yes. open up what had been there all along. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes when you put, uh, you know, when they cast me in the role, and I, I really, that was the part I really, really wanted. Can't think of the guy, Richard Matheson, who wrote the script and from The Twilight Zone, and I really wanted to be in the film. And once I was in the film, I think that because I'm a little more intense and bigger than life, like one of the first things I said to David Cap was, well, we have to go get hypnotized, you know. And he was like, what? And I said... That's awesome. I go, I'm playing a hypnotist. Like, <laughs> I would be... We should do this. And so that was one of the things. Like, we went, we both we both got him. It totally changed the experience. And, and we ended up having these... You know, we went in, like, laughing and giggling, like, oh, it's going to be like the Merv Griffin show and they <laughs> right. make us like a chicken. And then we both had these, like, intense experiences and we were crying. We were like, what's <gasps> happening? And I just became, like really into uh the character and i just and that was a that was a kind of a cool thing of like that they do think i'm a fuck up but in fact i stumble into something that is and that was like a good case where my real personality yes like that seems like that would happen to me that has happened to me like where i become a conduit for you know spirits from the other the other side has uh, definitely happened to me um, I'm, you know, I can tell if like there are ghosts around or things like that. So, all of that went into uh, went into the role. Haven't you ever heard about people being operated on when they're under hypnosis? Yeah, but I don't believe in any of that. I mean, people who say that they were hypnotized weren't really. They were just, you know, playing along. Right. Really. Then how could they have a scalpel stuck into their throat without even bleeding or without even making a sound? (laughs) You never saw that happen. It's bullshit. Can you learn another word? Yeah, what about narrow-minded? 
You know, I saw a guy in my class get a two-inch needle stuck into the thick of his arm by my instructor when he was under hypnosis. Horseshit. Is that butter, honey? That's disgusting. I saw a picture of it the next day. It left a mark. I was not a pothead. That was like the one. <laughs> that, was, that was the one hard thing. I'm like, I always get cast as some pot. I'm like, I don't smoke pot at all. So I had to free spirit all of it. open. Yeah, I'm, it's a movie I'm really proud of because again, it's it's a little bit under the radar, but people genuinely love it, and it has a lot of interesting ideas and people do come up to me all the time and ask me to hypnotize them (laughs) (laughs) it has one of my favorite jump scares like right boom right off the bat it's one of my favorites I was doing a piece on like the 21 best jump scares the last 21 years and I was like I still remember it I love it as a as a journalist when an actor's interested in discussing their choices and has has like a method you know that they are remember Mm. i know that that stuff sometimes is kind of hard to access and think about and talk about um because there's some especially some older actors in my experience that they don't like breaking it down because acting is just something they do um it's like harrison ford doesn't get why everybody loves him so much Mm -hmm. and he'd just rather like drink a beer and barbecue and it's probably where he's his at his coolest but then there are people when you were talking i was singing about nicholas cage Mm -hmm. who's one of my favorite interviews of all time because every single time you can go in and ask him about the minutia of what he did Mm -hmm. and ask him about his choices and he a hundred percent dives in and is ready to say like, oh, I did that because I had read a book. Right. And you're like, that's amazing. And it just gives like this, it gives like this really exciting context yeah. as like a movie fan to to hear that there are people out there that talk about movies like that. I, I like it. I mean, I always, am cur- you know, I'm always curious to see what people are doing or, you know, doing things take after take or if they like movies or, you know, and some people don't. Some people just show up and do, do, <laughs> right. and do their thing. Yeah, yeah. who just shows up? But you know, the, you were saying that as far as like director's fingerprints mm. and, and, you know, it not always being visible. Right. I did see a movie this year that really excited me because I felt like it had such a personality and such a point of view and was so unusual mm-hmm. um, that actually also deals with our topic here today, which is hereditary. Tony Collette um, plays a woman with mental illness in her family and has had a lot of issues in her life with her family mm-hmm. and things do not go great. <laughs> like it is really bad. I, I think that's that's like the real that's when horror movies get so real that they're that yeah. it becomes really upsetting because like a character like that that's can you know protecting her child and concerned probably I think there's some sort of acceptance else. you know again yeah. there there is some sort of it, it's a I mean that's what I always think it's a it's a fighting of good and evil in some way you didn't think that evil was there it is there you have seen it now you fought it to the best of your ability and you are somehow changed by this experience that's 
Yeah, and I mean that's that's never the interesting part. the The aftermath of that experience is never the interesting thing to show in a movie, you know, because it's like, well, the battle, Shelley, right? Well, and it's like afterwards, you just it's like, well, yeah, Shelley Duvall really needed therapy, <laughs> and she needed she needs to process this so she can better take care of Danny and give him positive, you know, role model. Oh, we didn't talk about the movie Gaslight, which is a fun movie. Ooh, I don't know it. Because I mean, that's where the whole thing starts. Yeah, I um, I always like like movies where they've you know entered the lexicon. So gaslighting is such a common phrase now, and so it comes from a film which is called Gaslight. It's Charles Boyer and Ingrid Bergman, and again, you've he's murdered his you know past wife, and so he's trying to convince that Ingrid Ingrid Bergman that she's insane, so he can commit her and take all of her money ah. and so that he's gaslighting her and so that's now like a, a phrase and so he, he's poisoning her too and then wow. at the same time so so she's you know and i think that again this is this great metaphor for marriage it's like you marry someone and they are trying to kill you <laughs> they're trying to poison <laughs> you and again i think that for women that is a that you know, I I think that that's a thing that maybe women have more than men. I don't know. I've never asked a man, but I, I it's like you always have the thought like, who is this person I've married? Mm-hmm. Like, who is who is this person I'm in? Are 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 they going to kill me? Like, what? And, yeah. And so I feel that that film really and it's had such a resurgence. Like I remember seeing it when I was a kid, and I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of. Interesting pot boiler. But it's taken on much more of a okay. significance oh, yeah. in time. And he's so evil, Charles. I mean, he's poisoning poor Ingrid Bergman. And I she, mean, who would do that? Yeah. What an asshole. Trying to make her feel like she's crazy. Look. Dear Lady Delroy, oh, this is my husband's writing. So is this. Mrs. Anton, your husband, Sergius Bauer, one and the same person. And this letter from Sergius Bauer to Alice Alcris was written two days before her murder. But he said there wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. You're not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? Perhaps because you found this letter no too much. Or because then he would have control of your property, of this house, and could search in the open instead of the dark. It is an old movie, but it's very, very scary. And I think that 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 always works, you know, that theme. Well, yeah, and it's it's also going back to being when you're at your most vulnerable. And this is your partner that you are, you know, this is where you let your armor down and you shed all the things that you are out in that world. And then that person is slowly poisoning you and... And telling everybody that you're crazy. Right. I mean, it's like, I can't can't think of a more real-life horror than that. Yeah. Because it... Yeah. Now I have... That'll be my new Halloween pick. Gaslight. For for this year. I can't believe I haven't seen it. That's a really interesting. And another one I like that's a good metaphor is uh, a 50s movie I'm kind of obsessed with called I Married a Monster from Outer Space, which, again, is a weird <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> I was watching this movie. It used to always play on TV when I was a kid. And then was like, I saw it when I was older. I was like, this is a metaphor for marriage. I married a monster from outer space. Like, that's yeah. what happened. He... 
she married this guy's like really nice and like right before their wedding he gets captured by these aliens and, huh. and she's not aware of it and then they get married Ooh. and then he's so he's kind of like body snatched or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And again, and then she's, you get married and everything she's changes. To, she's trying to tell everyone, and they were like, "What are you talking about?" And they're all in on it, you know. It's another oh, no. really, yeah. That's yeah. the worst. I mean, and that's that's like you know that that taps into that fear of like getting ganged up on, and it's like hello middle school experience. <laughs> it's yeah. so awful. But when you see it, and it was filmed in the fifties, I again I often wondered. I was like. Is there something about this? Like, it's like the one woman who gets married and doesn't have a great experience. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wait a minute. I was told I'm going to get married and have babies. Yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, he gets married. And again, because he's now an alien, he can't have sex with her. Um, That's like the first thing. So it's like, she's like, oh. And I've never seen that in a movie where the guy refuses to have and he's down in the basement a lot too. He's Uh-oh. like he's with his all his cronies down there. <laughs> Great. Each other. So they've gotten married. He's impotent, and he won't come out of the basement. This but is, when these you are watch problems. it, you go, is "This like who wrote this?" Is this? <laughs> anyway, it's a very interesting one. That and Gaslight, I love. Yeah, actually, thank you very much for the movie recommendations because oh, thank you. this is. Super! Yeah, I can't I wait to. Yours. I can't wait to go home and th- watch Ing- Ingrid Bergman get get into bed. Do you, I like. Do you like to watch horror movies in bed? I do not because I have decided that my bedroom is <laughs> only it is a TV free zone. Oh, so I like to. We've set up our living room so it is at its most comfortable uh-huh. and. I realized what a violation it is yeah. to be in a hotel that has a TV just right next to the bed. Because don't get me wrong, I love it. Right. I just think that it is not productive in the long term for my sleep. <laughs> oh God! So I like to cuddle up in the in the but in the living room only. God, that is such so disciplined. <laughs> I've got it on like TCM twenty four <laughs> hours a day. I just want to see nice movie images. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see any news. It does exactly. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I, I'm the same though because the minute I get into the hotel, then right. I TV goes on. Love having it on. Find T, find TCM. Find any movie channel. Um, side note: I also like to play the game on airplanes, where I look at people's screens. Mm-hmm. I totally invade their privacy. But I look at the screens and I try as fast as I can to figure out what they're watching. I'm not bad yeah. at it, but I I like that. So, but I'm I'm always down for more movie recommends. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks. Thanks for yeah. your recommends. It's been fun uh, talking to you. Yeah. Call me after you watch Hereditary. We'll oh to, God. To download. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Ileana and Gray. One of my favorite horror bitches is Billy in Creepshow. She isn't exactly crazy. But anyone who says, get out of my way, Henry, or I swear to God, you'll be wearing your balls for earrings, definitely qualifies as a bitch. Don't you agree? And the best part about Billy is I got to repeat that line on daytime television when I played another bitch on General Hospital. So thank you, Stephen King. I'm Adrienne Barbeau, and this has been She Kills, a Shudder original podcast, executive produced by Blair Bercy, 
Killian Van Rensler, Jordana Freyberg, and Deborah Henderson. Hosted by Adrienne Barbeau. Associate produced by Nancy Himmel. Supervising producer, Cara Frias. Featuring interviews with Ileana Douglas and Gray Drake. Sound recording, design, and mixing by Iceman Audio. Production sound mixing and re-recording mixing by Evan Menick. Supervising sound editing and re-recording mixing by Michael Capuano. Composed by Doug Bossy. Music by iSpy Music. Production manager, Kay Tinder. Production legal, Jordan Rock. Production accounting, Stephen D. Smith. For Shudder, Owen Shiflett, Robin Jones, and Nicholas Lazo. She Kills. The characters and events depicted in this podcast are fictional. Any similarity to any actual person living or dead, or to any actual events, firms, places, and institutions or other entities, is coincidental and unintentional. This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries, and its unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability and criminal prosecution. Country of first publication, United States of America. She Kills. Copyright 2018. Digital Store, LLC. All rights reserved.